Welcome to Pixel Therapy, the video game podcast where we look at the games we play through the lens of the player, where what you play is just as important as how you play it, and where emotional intelligence is a critical stat. I'm your co-host, Jamie, pronoun she, her. And I'm your co-host, Spencer, pronouns they, them. And this is Pixel Therapy. Spencer, let's start this episode, as we always do, with our special Patreon shoutouts. This is our thank you to everyone who subscribed at our Patreon name in the credits tier for the month of August. Uh, so that's a very big thank you to Genevieve, Lindsay, Pimhatai, Adiyanka, CD Mess, Ava, and Sammy. Plus, a special welcome to our newest shout out, Alexis. Woo-hoo! Thank you all for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And remember, folks, if you want to get your name in the credits, you can hop on over to patreon.com slash pixel therapy pod, where you can subscribe for as little as $2 a month and get access to that monthly bonus episode that's exclusive to Patreon, plus the entire backlog of bonus episodes that stretch all the way back to November of 2020. Somehow we've been doing this for almost three years. In our Patreon bonus episode for August, uh, we talked about Venba, which is an excellent little narrative cooking game that folks should check out. Um, And so if that sounds like something you want to hear us talk about, or if you're just looking for a little more pixel therapy in your life, come check out the Patreon and get access to that almost three years worth of bonus episodes. Holy cow. So much content. Mm Uh, If you already subscribe to the Patreon or if you're looking for a way to show your support for free, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every review there matters for a little podcast like us. And also know that no matter how you choose to engage with us, we appreciate you being here all the same. Spencer, it's time to get cozy, to pull up an armchair. Feel free to lie down on the couch and talk about our feelings. But I do want to acknowledge that this is a special episode of Pixel Therapy. Okay, I'm glad we're acknowledging it. Uh, This is our first ever live stream to YouTube. Yeah, we're trying it out. We're branching out. We're giving it a shot. Um, We'll keep folks posted on how this goes. But yeah, our goal is that moving forward, um, at minimum, uh, you can come actually see our faces on the YouTube channel if you want to watch us actually record the podcast. Um, This is a big shift for us. It's going to mean way less editing to the final content of the podcast. Um, You know, what you hear, what you've been hearing every three weeks in your ear holes is usually (laughs) the bulk of what we have to say. But, you know, sometimes we need a bathroom break sometimes our partners come barging in with questions (laughs) about lunch sometimes our dogs are barking um so things like that have been edited out over the years or sometimes you know one of us just completely forgets a character's name yeah we need to quickly look something up yeah (laughs) yeah so we've been editing around stuff like that nothing major um but yeah we're challenging ourselves to do a, a live version of the podcast and see how it goes and uh, yeah, now you can see our smiling faces coming on at you raw, unfiltered, <laughs> raw and unfiltered. Just <laughs> that's exactly the way we should put it. Um, but so Spencer, aside from this special little journey we're on, uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Can I just say, like, being hearing the intro song play and waiting to talk, uh, it just reminds me it had no business going that hard. Jamie, you're so talented. 
<laughs> uh, thank you. Yes, that is a oldie but a goodie that I wrote in college, uh, my sophomore year, probably when I was very depressed and just sat in my dorm room writing a lot of music. It still so, slaps. It good. slaps. Great. <laughs> in my feelings. But yeah, if you hear a nervous shake, at least in my voice, it's probably because of the perception of being perceived, uh, even though I don't know, I'm sure we'll have. Hey, if we're lucky, maybe a couple of people will, will trickle into our little live stream. But yeah, uh, we've been very um, we haven't necessarily done much marketing around it because we're still getting no. our little footsies wet. But like, yeah, um, yeah, it's new, <laughs> new, new avenues for the podcast. So here we are. Thanks for being Definitely. with us. Um, I am great. Um, <laughs> it is Labor Day weekend, so I have mm. one more day to keep playing uh goodbye volcano high and uh maybe even dust off my xbox and check out starfield there you have go. you started playing starfield yet that was my question for i you. have yes yeah. i have yeah i got and... the i got the early access nice i'm enjoying it yeah i think okay. i'll reserve deeper thoughts for later conversations mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i'm it is a bethesda game it is 100% a Bethesda game, but I like Bethesda games, so um, I'm enjoying Great. it so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. I, um, I, I, I've spent probably more time in the character creator than anywhere else so far, so that's oh that's God. kind of where we're at with that. Yeah, that sounds like me and uh, Baldur's Gate 3 um, have been dabbling with it a bit here and there over the past couple of weeks. Um, it's definitely a game where I've spent potentially more time in the character creation and and class creation than like in the game itself. Um, But I I think I'm starting to get the appeal. I don't know. I was never, I never played, was it Divinity Original Sin? Yeah, Divinity Original Sin. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, that whole uh, Larian. Yeah, the other big series from Larian, the developer. Yeah. um, This is my first, uh, other than like Fire Emblem, uh, which is sort of, got its own unique flavor uh, Mm -hmm. of strategy turn-based RPG kind of game. This is my first real like D&D, like there's dice rolling, there's really characters each have their own rich tapestry. Um, Your choices really affect the many outcomes of the game. Um, Like I've never really been part of this kind of... um, truly high stakes gaming experience. Um, So it's interesting. At times I question if I'm having fun, but I'm certainly having an experience and I'm glad (laughs) I am playing it. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Well, that's fun, but you know, we're not here to talk about Baldur's Gate and Starfield this week. Oh, Um, no. That's probably a future (laughs) episode. Spoiler alert. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about uh, a couple much smaller games, much more mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. tailored experiences. Uh, yes. <laughs> we're going to be talking about two uh, different but similar uh, narrative adventure games, one of them uh, identifying itself more as an RPG, and we'll get into whether or not we agree with that or not later on in the podcast, um, the other being more of a straightforward narrative game that has rhythm game elements, but both of which being games that are uh, primarily text-based dialogue decision-making games that also try to incorporate song performing and song writing into the narrative of the game. And so the two games we're going to be talking about today are called Stray Gods and Goodbye Volcano High. 
Yeah, we decided to start our do our first live stream by keeping it really simple uh-huh, and uh-huh. not changing up our format at all. <laughs> not and not deciding to add a second game to talk about literally twenty minutes before minutes recording before. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, so we're really throwing ourselves a lot of curveballs today. We're challenging ourselves. We're spreading our wings. Yes. Um, thank you all for being here. Uh, <laughs> so let me give a little bit of background about both of these games before we dive into more of our thoughts and feelings about them. As you know we are want to do uh so stray gods is uh called the full title is stray gods colon the role-playing musical very dramatic mm-hmm. um it's a narrative rpg where players assume the role of a character named grace who's kind of an aimless college dropout and she finds herself accused of murdering the last muse as in greek mythology um the game's set in a world where the greek gods live in hiding among us and grace must uh change her fate by drawing friends and lovers into song using her powers of musical persuasion to unravel the mystery of the last muse's death. Stray Gods released on August 10th on PC, Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox. It's the first game from Summerfall Studios, which was founded in 2017 by David Gator. Um, Gator is formerly a lead writer on BioWare's Dragon Age series and mm. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So he does have a long-standing career in the video game industry and is really well-known as a uh, RPG writer and game creator. Um, he founded the studio along with Liam Esler, who's someone who has a background in games production and writing, and Ellie Young, who came to the studio with over a decade of experience in the music business. Kind of an interesting trio of trio folks coming together yeah. to form Summerfall Studios. And they started with the initial concept of wanting to create a narrative video game musical. Um, the talent that they were able to attract has been really impressive. Um, I think probably a lot of that being with Gator tied to the project, being a lead of the studio. He's a big name in games. And, and they were able to really draw in a lot of uh, super talented, like big names in the video game industry to be a part of this project. Um, specifically, Austin Wintry, who is a composer. He's worked on Journey, Flow, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Um, He scored the game and worked on the musical numbers uh, as a co-writer with, uh, in addition to himself, Montaigne, who's an Australian art pop musician and Twitch streamer and Australian Mm. musical trio Tripod. Um, And then the voice cast for the game is absolutely Mm -hmm. fucking stacked. Um, Basically just a who's who of video game voice actors. I'm just going to list them off because I think they are all... Uh, popular and and famous in their own right, some for different things. But we've got Laura Bailey, Troy Baker, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, Janina Gavankar, Carrie Payton, Abubakar Salim, Felicia Day, Rahul Kohli, Allegra Clark, Merle Dandridge, Erica oh Ishii, <laughs> Ashley Johnson, Lauren Lolo Spencer, and Jolly Bimani, Kimberly Brooks, and Anthony Rapp. Yes, Anthony Rapp from Rent. So, oh my God, big names, some big names in this cast. It's it's fully fucking stacked, and that's been like a big thing that's gotten the game a lot of attention. Really, is this voice voice cast that they're all you know fully voice acting the roles in the games and and singing musical numbers. So that's Stray Gods. That's the overview of that. Then we have Goodbye Volcano High. Um, this is a game that uh, does not have that same 
uh, notoriety around the voice cast and the developers. Mm-hmm. It's a narrative adventure video game that includes rhythm game segments. Uh, it's developed and published by Montreal-based video game studio Co-op, uh, released August 29th on PlayStation, PC, and Mac. It was originally showcased as a PS5 launch game at the June 2020 PlayStation Showcase, um, but it did get delayed partially due to pandemic disruption, uh, but also because the team wanted to rework the narrative in light of the experiences that high school seniors were having as they're graduating during the pandemic, because this game is specifically about a group of high schoolers who are preparing to graduate, um, and they are dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) there is an asteroid approaching Earth, and the uh, everyone is scared that the asteroid is going to hit the planet and not sure what the impact of that is going to be. So kind of combining what we know of the history of the Mm -hmm. planet, where an asteroid came and wiped the dinosaurs out, with this idea of that happening as these uh, these high school seniors are approaching graduation, approaching big life changes, trying to figure out uh, if their friendships are going to last past high school. Um, and they're also uh, our main characters are part of a band who's trying to get notoriety so that they can go on a tour over the summer after graduation and win Battle of the Bands. So all that heightened teenage angstiness oh, yeah. uh, and and really trying to capture, uh, interestingly enough, what it means to be a modern day teenager through this lens of dinosaurs mm. preparing for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um and we actually, funnily enough, had co-op's community manager, Marcela Huerta, on the podcast back in December 2021. Um, that's episode 34, if anyone wants to go back and check that out. But I know that was a really fun uh, conversation that we had with them about, uh, I think it was unpacking, right? I think we talked about unpacking with Marty. Yes. Um, and just a bit about co-op, too, and and how they're trying to kind of push back on some of the more... Um, harmful environments or structures within the gaming industry and do something yeah. a little bit different with uh, their model um, of being um, much more collaborative and, and a worker-owned uh, kind of studio, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, we talked with Marty a bit, too, about uh, like them doing... Uh, like four day work weeks and things yes. like that. And, and, or they, maybe they were getting ready to try four day work weeks. I'm not remembering exactly what mm-hmm. it was, but yeah, definitely trying to build a culture of care within their, in their studio and trying to totally. figure out how to make games without crunch, um, which is yes. really cool, cool and yeah. important goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer, we've, we both played both of these games. Um, I've personally, I played both of these games on PlayStation 5. I have finished both of the games at least once, um, and I've actually played Stray Gods a second time. Uh, nice. Just real quick, do you want to go over, like, yeah, where you played the games, how much time you've spent with both of them? Yeah. So I played um, Stray Gods on the Nintendo Switch um, just because, I don't know, I like, uh, when I have the flexibility, I, I like to play things close to my face and I think especially with something that's a lot of reading uh, like both of these are uh, as you mentioned like very text-based narrative journeys Um, I want to be able to to kind of have the flexibility to to read and uh, have that it's just easier on a smaller screen for me Um, so yeah I played uh, Stray Gods Um, I I just did one playthrough on on the Switch Um, I think I just um, it was maybe a little bit longer than I expected, and I don't mm-hmm. know about the replayability. It's definitely one of those games that's designed to be played um at least three times, um because there are sort of three um narrative focuses that that you can um 
embark upon and, and make, maybe we can get more into detail about that in a minute. Um, but I think, um, it's not that I'm a musicals hater. I actually really enjoy <laughs> live musical theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just don't know if a video game musical is something that I necessarily <laughs> would partake uh, repeatedly. Maybe not this style, which is no- nothing wrong with the game itself. I think mm-hmm. it's just music is such a personal um, art form and one that speaks to us on 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 such unique and different levels because on yeah. the, at the same time, I would say that the genre and tone and type of music uh, in Goodbye Volcano High, I just might find myself playing it again. But I've, I've just done one run through on both. Um, I would say uh, Stray Gods is a bit more of that sort of Broadway rock opera musical mm-hmm. and Goodbye Volcano High is kind of like the fringe festival the theater show that you would see if, and it's like for fans of Boy Genius. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, musicals. Yeah, yeah, that like girl indie pop rock. Is that yeah, maybe like, the, the Yeah, vibe? girl indie <laughs> pop rock slash non-binary yeah, shoegaze yeah. like i don't like it's just it's it's hitting for me and um feels like an extension of my own spotify playlist if it came to life and turned into a dinosaur like <laughs> that would be happening just in my day to day so it's i guess a much more repeatable for me like i kind of want to mm-hmm. re-listen to songs that i've heard on it and that that's just you know speaking to my own taste so um yeah but yeah i've played i've played both of them once um I'll pause there. Any anything you want to add? <laughs> no, no. Did you say uh, where you played Goodbye Volcano High? Oh, sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so I played Goodbye Volcano High on the Steam Deck. Um, similarly, I like it close to my face and um, <laughs> get it right up in there. Get right up in there, and um, I think with the Steam Deck, uh, yeah, it was it was a nice excuse uh, to break it out again because I don't think I'd been playing much on the deck since um, I was a teenage exocolonist a couple months back. Back. Um, mm-hmm. you can imagine my, um, my sadness when I foolishly, I mean, looking back, I don't know what I was thinking, but I tried to download Baldur's Gate three onto my steam deck. And of course the steam deck was like, um, no, I can't even fit like 10% of this game on myself. What are you thinking? So yeah, we have um, the, what the base ones, right? The like lowest yeah. tier ones, uh, which are some very good devices. Drive. But yeah. yeah, they've only got like a 64 gig memory card, and that yeah. is not enough for Baldur's Gate. No. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. What's high? You've you've kind of given a little bit of insight into what you're feeling about the music of both mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you at, kind of, with both games in terms of positive, negative? Do you like both games? Do you hate both games? Do you like one more than the other? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I think. When I first was getting into Stray Gods, I think that my initial assessment may have been a little unfair. Um, Mm. I think my initial reaction was um, that in the investment in the song creation and songwriting and the 
stacked vocal talent involved with Stray Gods. It felt like all of the effort around the game had sort of gone into that and maybe less so on the gameplay side. Um, yeah, I find that Stray Gods plays out a lot more like how I would experience reading a comic. Um, like first mm. there's the very um, like strong outline and kind of... Um, uh, loose and um, graphic art style. Um, and, mm-hmm. and the animation itself is more like there are occasionally some 2D, 3D environments, um, but all of the character models are flat um, mm-hmm. and kind of have this almost sort of like paper doll style of animation where um, expressions aren't changing fluidly. It's kind of like transitions between frames. Um, yeah. Almost like storyboards. Yes. Like storyboards. Exactly. But there might be like um transition between, but it's more like watching a storyboard or like a PowerPoint kind of yes. a thing that it's not fully animated. The game's yes. not fully animated. Exactly. And then the interactions too uh, were very straightforward. Like, um, selecting you know selecting this answer this answer this answer or Mm -hmm. navigating up and down a list of okay which character should i talk to next here's a literal list on screen i'm gonna go down the list and pick one um or i'm gonna you know move across pins on a map and click on one to explore that area um like it just it didn't feel very immersive or if there was much thought being put to, you know, not only how do we translate a musical to a game format, but how do we refresh the narrative game format itself? Like it, it, it felt like much more focus was being put on translating the musical aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. And at first Mm -hmm. I'll admit I was sort of disappointed by that. I think I, I wanted uh, more from the game itself. Like it almost felt like there was a mis- mismatch between the immense talent and force behind the songs and then the mechanics in the game itself uh, were sort of an afterthought. Mm. Um, but the longer I've spent with it, um, the more I've been sort of like, you know, even if if that's true, if, if it's not like blowing the door down in terms of reimagining um, the mechanics of this kind of narrative visual novel kind of game, it's still pretty impressive um, how the songs were crafted, um, mm-hmm. how much effort was put into the sort of narrative branching from those songs and the, and the fact that so many different types of choices and sequences um, are still resulting in cohesive musical numbers, uh, which yeah. when you think about all the work going into that seems kind of wild to have pulled off. Um, so... Yeah. That's my thoughts on Stray Gods. Um, well, let's let's just let's t- yeah, let's, let's pause right there for yeah, a second and yeah. talk a little bit about the mechanics <laughs> yeah. that, or like the design of what has gone into the music in Stray Gods because I think I agree with you that that is uh, definitely I think where all most of the resources for this game went into is yeah creating that musical like they came in with this idea and even like learning that that really was the focus of like how do we make a video game musical. And then making that kind of the whole bag. Um, yep. And and so, yeah, you're right. Like, there's some lackluster aspects to some of the elements that surround the music pieces. And and I don't even know, and we can get into this more later, if the music, if, if it fully works. Like, mm. if a video game musical, like, fully works for me. I think, I think there's still issues there. But it is technically impressive. Um, 
and and Austin Winery has kind of come out after the fact and like made many comments about how complicated this was and how they did not <laughs> understand what fully what they were getting into until they started doing it and realizing how complex it was because mm. For them in designing the game and the way this plays out, like the key way that you are influencing the game and the way narrative beats are going to play out is done through song. Like they specifically place the songs in pivotal moments where you are making a determination about Grace's relationship to a character or the next step that Grace is going to take in the narrative. And so instead of you just being presented with dialogue options for choosing which of two paths you want to go down that that instead is going to play out as a song where your choices are going to get you to the final decision like the choices you make throughout the song the way the game structures its actual role playing is that it gives you kind of three uh key uh, three characteristics to pick from with grace as to like how she wants to and basically these characteristics showcase how she wants to go about engaging with others Mm -hmm. um the three options that they give you are charming uh which is kind of defined as being kind and empathetic it's grace trying to do the right thing kick-ass which is an (laughs) aggressive impulsive i don't i'm not afraid to break rules kind of grace and clever which is like she's being smarter, she's being sneakier, she's being witty. She can kind of see through um, people's uh, like ulterior motives in conversations and sort of comment, like ask probing questions and things like that. So very early in the game, it asks you to pick one of those three characteristics. And when you pick one throughout the game, there will be dialogue options that appear on the screen. And most the vast majority of the dialogue options you get are just normal they don't they're not color coded to one of those traits at all but occasionally a color coded response will appear and if you did not select that characteristic you won't be able to choose that dialogue mm-hmm. option um because it might be something like you see through someone's ulterior motive and so a clever response appears but you can't select that if you didn't select clever as your characteristic you have to go with one of the more basic responses then within the actual songs within the musical numbers uh basically every verse or stanza you'll be given an option to pick uh each of the three so within the songs it doesn't lock you into the characteristic you've already chosen but you can choose to take the song in one of the three directions being charming aggressive or clever and you'll get that choice at each stanza um so what that basically means and you might have five or six of those decision points Mm -hmm. within one song which (laughs) means you quickly uh, begin to have like an infinite you know that changes what the next stanza of the song is going to be and how it's going to play out Mm -hmm. it changes it musically it changes it in terms of the lyrics like these are not just lyrical changes like it actually changes the music and like what plays out on the screen because I did play the game twice and I can say definitively that while I don't feel like the dialogue decisions I'm making outside of the songs really have much of an impact Mm -hmm. on anything the changes you make within the songs are very impactful you can have a Mm. very dramatically different song picking different options um and so that means there's basically like an infinite number of ways a song can play out and all of that has to be written musically 
Um, they, they have released now like five different versions of the soundtrack, uh, on Austin Winery's Bandcamp, you can get a, like a full, like 89 track uh. version of the soundtrack. <laughs> but then on Spotify, there's four official versions that exist. Wow. There's a red, green, and blue version, which basically pl- assumes that you play through the game choosing only red as the kick-ass mm-hmm. characteristic. So the, and blue is clever and, and green is charming. So basically versions of the soundtracks as though some went through and only made those choices Hmm. in all the songs and then there's a fourth version of the soundtrack called the pantheon version where wintry basically went through and like picked his own choices for how he would play the game so it's just one example of how someone might play the game it's not like a canon version or anything like that it's just kind of like here's an example of what the soundtrack might sound like as someone like plays through the game and and there could be like a million different versions. Like everyone's gonna have their own personal pantheon version. Right. That is wild. Yeah, that's that is crazy. <laughs> so much songwriting and so much like technical know how that has to go into it. So I think just on that level, it's very impressive and cool to experience. However, in my replay, I kind of feel like the songs don't work as well if you are changing your characteristic from choice mm-hmm. to choice. Like musically and just logistically, like in terms of the conversation that's playing out, they really make a lot more sense if you pick a mm-hmm. pick a characteristic and stick with it. And ultimately that's that doesn't feel like real role playing or choice to me. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. I'm just going through and picking just charming for everything. Which right. they even have trophies tied to in the game. Like the game actually, like the trophy system on PlayStation, you get, there's three different trophies for playing through the game, making only one type of decision. Hmm. So hmm. the game like even rewards you for playing it that way, at which point it's like, I'm not making choices anymore. I'm just, if I'm always picking the same thing. But, yeah. But it's still cool. Yeah. I just think. It works better if if you kind of stick to one characteristic. Yeah, it's almost like why lock me in in the beginning? Just like give me all three options throughout. And then if I stick with one throughout, then okay, trophy, like even among all these other choices, you you really did role play based on the the main characteristic uh, you you felt most strongly about. Um, but like you said, making me lock myself into one path in the beginning kind of takes away that the whole role playing uh, illusion. Um, yeah. I was just yeah. thinking this would be so lit as like a live musical where the audience is like Ooh. picking Ooh. As, this, as it unfolds and it's like a different show every night. Hey, yeah. Broadway, if you're hey. listening. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. That's actually a good idea. It, I feel like I don't want to do all the work though to make the musical. Yeah. Let's just get this team to go out and do it. Yes, I mean, yes. they've only got some of the most famous working voice actors in the industry. I'm sure it'll be no problem to pull them together yeah, for multiple absolutely. shows. Imagine yeah, that rehearsals does, that does for that cool. kind of thing. Oh, oh my, god. my god. Yeah, it's just so, I mean... I was watching this kind of like live stream that that they did. I think it was from when they actually announced the voice cast for the game. But they were even kind of talking through around uh, like, yeah, what a rehearsal would even look like. And someone would come in and you'd basically have to sing like five different versions of the same like stanza or song or bit. And then, of course, you're still trying to get the performance right. So you have to sing each of those multiple times to get the right tone and performance and vibe. And sometimes it was stuff that like you're literally being presented with right there. It's like, here you go. Read this music, sing it. 
move, you know, now do it again. Now do it this way. Now here's a tweaked version. Do it like this. Now do it this version. It, yeah, it sounds it sounds like a pain, man. It sounds yeah. like a lot of work. <laughs> totally. Um so on the other side then, I kind of stopped you before you started talking about Good Vol- Goodbye Volcano High and what your mm. overall impressions of that were. That game also features songwriting a bit. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. What were your overall impressions of Goodbye Volcano High? <sighs> Man, honestly, playing Goodbye Volcano High makes me feel like I'm accessing the like queer teenagehood that I didn't really get to experience because mm. I went to Catholic school and was still <laughs> very much embroiled in like very rigid gender roles. And like yeah. uh, I was operating from a traumatized place and kind of doing whatever I could to like what I was supposed to do. Uh, and so I don't know, seeing all these teenagers like comfortable with their gender expression, comfortable with their sexuality, like comfortable with even their interests and like being like f- having a group of friends that like sees you and, um, you know, validates your neurodivergence or your like special interests or your like nerdy hobby and not bullying each other. Like, I don't know that. Sorry. I know you asked me about the music, but that initially, like, I think the music was part of it. Like it, it is the music that I have listened to for a long time. And so it was like, it all just kind of came together and I felt maybe a lot more immersed in, Mm -hmm. in this game versus stray gods. Um, I felt like I was talking to friends or, or even versions Mm -hmm. of myself, um, that I didn't really come to understand until much later. Um, and I think too, like when, when we talk about, um, like the trans experience sometimes can involve like a feeling of kind of reliving, um, your puberty like later in life. Um, and so it kind of felt like a nice escape, uh, in, in that kind of way. Um, but I think too, the fact that in goodbye volcano high, you are a musician. Um, and I guess, <laughs> I guess it's straight gods. You, you are a musician too, <laughs> but it kind of is a bit more like, because you have the, these godlike powers of the muse, which is like, it gets people to open up through song. It's kind of like you're Mm -hmm. influencing normal conversations and turning them into musical numbers. Yeah. Um, Whereas, yeah, we kind of glossed over that a little bit, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is, that is how it works. Grace is now the last muse trying to solve the mystery of the previous muses murder. And, and her muse power is that she can basically make people break out into song as opposed to just talking. So that's why everyone's (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, musicals are not my favorite format either. It's just inherently awkward when people suddenly start singing. It's a I don't know. Goofy. <laughs> yeah. But if you lean into it, it can yes, be fun. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Whereas Goodbye Volcano yeah. Ohio set is, I mean, despite it being dinosaurs, is very much set more in the real world um, and yes. focusing on real world challenges. And, uh, Yeah, through the lens of dinosaurs, but I feel like it ends up being a really great metaphor allegory. And and then like the music is much more realistic and integrated. You know, they're in a band. These are not it's not a musical. It's a game that happens to have music. Yes. So I don't know, felt a bit more. Real. Um, And um, and again, it's like either you're 
in band practice or you're performing for a friend who's asking to hear you play or something like that. You're at an audition, um, stuff like that. It just, um, and, and so, and therefore too, the songs themselves feel a bit more intentional, um, and, and less, um, drum, drum, dramatized, maybe is the word. Um, like I think, um, yeah, it just it feels a little bit more like putting on a record and and getting lost in a song. Um, mm-hmm. And so I totally forget the original question you asked me, but um, just your overall impressions. <laughs> okay, of by Volcano yes, High. you're doing yes, it. You're nailing okay. it. You're doing great. <laughs> I'm getting lost in the in the sauce. Um, yeah, just you know, I think um, Stray Gods feels kind of like a dark fantasy YA novel that has Mm, musical aspects. And I feel like Goodbye Volcano High feels more like a cinematic, like slice of life anime um, with a really good soundtrack. Uh, And so I think for me, it, it felt, I I was much more immersed overall. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I want to hear what, I want to hear what you think. What I think, Though. okay. Uh, I think that we agree, as we okay. often do. Um, Stray Gods was a lot of fun, like, and I find yeah. the narrative fun. I think Greek Greek mythology is probably overdone at this mm. point. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. There's so many mythologies out yeah. there, and we just keep going back to the Greek it's mythology. True. Well. But the Greek mythology is so widely known that Mm. I think it's a really easy reference point for people. You don't Mm. really have to explain who Apollo is. Like, you don't really need a lot of expository dialogue, um, you know, or a big preamble. Like, we generally know who these characters are. And I think as far as that goes, like, Straight Gods does a good job, like, distinguishing itself in this representation of the Greek gods. I mean, especially Mm. when you consider we had such a definitive version with Hades. Uh, What, two years ago now did Hades come out? Right. Um, With such, like, a unique and distinct depiction of Greek mythology that's kind of like, all right, we're done. Like, Mm. that's the pinnacle of how Greek mythology can be presented. And I'm certainly not here to say that, like, this is a better representation of Greek mythology than Hades, but it's a serviceable one. Like, it's Mm. good. I'm interested in this version of the characters. Um, I think Apollo's a fucking douchebag, walks Mm. around with his shirt off all the Mm -hmm. time. Uh, And also, like... I, I am a sucker for this. Uh, I don't even know if you could call it a trope necessarily, but it's been done in a few other places. I think of like the comic book, uh, The Wicked and the Divine or Wicked and Divine mm. um, by Kieran Gillen. Something like that is his name. Apologies. I'm messing it up. Um, but this is where the no editing comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wicked and Divine. Uh, being a comic book about like yeah these uh, pop idols and stuff who are inhabited by gods or American Gods by the book by Neil Gaiman um, with this idea of like gods living among us and hiding um, like old mythological gods so it's kind of touching on that like the idea that the Greek gods live among us we don't know that they're here they look like normal people they're doing normal things like Persephone you know some of it being very on the nose Persephone runs a nightclub called the underworld Ah, she's the queen (laughs) of Hades yeah Um, 
but you know, I don't know. It it works. Like and and the design of the characters is really fucking good. Like mm-hmm. I really like the art of Stray Gods a lot. The graphic yes. novel style is really good. And the character designs I think are really cool. They are all so fucking hot and fashionable. Yeah. Like all these people dress so well. Like they do. so well. They all have fucking people dressing them. <laughs> they it's look, like an they HBO look show. Like, I don't know. Everyone <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like the whole game kind of has those vibes. Yeah. I think he kind of nailed it. It's like maybe a little too polished yeah. for something that I'm going to deeply love. But it was like a very entertaining time it's like when I was playing it. cast and yeah. like an Emmy-worthy show if it was coming out. Like it was, everything's yeah. just so... No, I think you've captured it. I think you've captured it. I think the central mystery of like who killed uh, Calliope, who was the previous muse, uh, is like engaging. I kind of called who it was very Mm. early, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was fun to figure out like how that all sorted together. And I like the way the game brings in um, some of the monsters from Greek mythology, which was always my favorite aspect of Greek mythology. Unfortunately, there's no Cerberus in the game. Pour one out for Mm. the best. Best boy. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but, you know, we got Medusa, we got Asterion, he was the Minotaur. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was cool. It was cool to see those elements brought in and, yeah, made for a fun, diverting time. I don't think it's. Could have definitely been queer. Although, depending on the choices that you make, like, that's where the queerness comes in. Like, you do get to decide who to romance. True. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say it's gay, but not necessarily queer like Mm. i okay there are like there's not much (laughs) i would say the character depictions and interactions still read very like mainstream capital g and l like gay and lesbian okay am i seeing much queering of the types of dynamics and relationships not so much in my opinion it's a good point it's a good point yeah, that's all I'll say. Yeah, but I th- I feel like that also lends to this feeling like a HBO yeah, ensemble show. Yeah. Like I really I really think you hit the nail nail on the head there with the comparison point uh, yeah. because that really does capture it. And so it's like, yeah, I'll watch Game of Thrones. Like you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like this is fun. Like this is fun, but it's not like touching me in some deep like way. I'm not feeling like this resonates with me on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the same regard, and so it was a fun diversion. Um, and it's probably not going to be in my short list for Game of the Year this year. But yeah. I think. Uh, go ahead. If we're gonna follow the HBO like uh, analogy, I would say uh-huh. like Stray Gods is like Succession, and Goodbye Volcano High is like Euphoria. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. We can we can use that. I haven't seen Succession, okay. but I'll, I'll trust you. <laughs> no, no. I think I think I think that's what I want to say about Stray Gods, and that's kind of where I stand with it. And then Goodbye Volcano High like had my whole heart pretty much from the beginning. I think yeah. I. I have some issues with the way it ended and things wrapped up and I'd, I'd be interested in replaying it to kind of see how much of that is like kind of a failure for them to bring all the disparate like choices and threads that you've made together. Mm. Cause there were just some things that felt like why I felt like I made a choice that should have resulted in this. And instead characters are having this reaction. And so there's a little bit of weirdness there. And I don't know how much of that is just like, 
them trying to knit, you know, tie all the threads back together to create the ending, like mm-hmm. just kind of some like inexperience with bringing diverging paths back together versus mm-hmm. an actual like quote unquote failure of the writing. A failure feels like way too strong of a word because it wasn't anything mm-hmm. that like ruined it for me, but it was just some stuff where I was like, ah, I mean, I feel like that should have gone a little differently or it's weird that we're touching on this again when I felt like we already addressed it. Yeah. S- stuff like that. But yeah. By and large, like the emotional beats that were being hit in in Goodbye Volcano High and like, yeah, the music, like, I don't know how much I'll listen to the soundtrack of Stray Gods, Mm. um, but I also don't care for musicals that much. But I'm absolutely looking up the music for Goodbye Volcano High and that's like getting added to my Spotify playlist and being part of my rotation, like really enjoyed the music, really enjoyed the characters, um, really enjoyed that story, just felt so heartwarming um, and I'm excited to go back and play and try to open more aspects of it up because the game has kind of like these collectibles that you can unlock by advancing your relationships with different characters, not even in a romantic way, just like deepening your, your friendship with them Mm. um, where it can unlock these like flashback scenes that are kind of like storyboard scenes that play out with a a description of like the conversation or whatever that was happening. So those are like memories basically that Fang, the main character has. And then there's also um, like just pictures that can unlock of, of that person or that uh, a memory with that friend Mm. that kind of fill in backstory between the two characters. So I'm excited to fill more of those things in and, and like see the full, I don't know, like, have positive relationships with with everyone in the game. I know I made some choices the first time around that I feel like kind of locked me out of dynamics with certain mm. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The hearing you, you say, say that it just it, there's something. It has this special quality. Um, Goodbye Volcano High. It almost reminds me, kind of reminds me of how I feel when I play Life is Strange. Um, like it just mm-hmm. seems to capture this <laughs> aesthetic or or feeling or um, moment in time um, and just bring it up for the player in like a really nice way. Um, It just, it's like a bunch of like little things, even from like the lighting to um, the sound design and um, the little moments between characters i don't really i well, can't it is I'm way more sli- it is <laughs> it is way more slice of life in that sense right yes. and, and again like i think it's funny to say this but the game where all of the main characters are anthropomorphized dinosaurs <laughs> feels more human and grounded in reality <laughs> than the game where all of the characters are humans but some of them happen to be gods yeah. like where is stray god set in some nameless city <laughs> Grace somehow is affording an apartment despite being a college dropout who yeah. has no job and is in a band question mark. Yeah. Like I just like what is her life? I like I can't identify with her. Like I have no I, idea what her interests it's are. Giving, like gritty, I, YA. Like how else would you explain the whole setup of this? Like Yeah. Oh, they're in like, like Brooklyn or <laughs> it's gotta yeah, be right because there's like brick and rock shows yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I don't. And and then like they immediately get swept off to locations that are stylized because it's, you know, it's the Greek gods locations and mm-hmm. you have no grounding and like who Grace really is in her life and what that yeah. looks like outside of the the core narrative, which is fine. It's just I, I just resonate more with something where I feel like. I just resonate more with that slice of life, like mundane, like feeling like I know these people or could be friends with them. And, and Goodbye Volcano High does that 
way better. Like yeah. we really get to know Fang. We get to see their dynamics with their, I love their relationship with their brother mm-hmm. Nasser and like how you can fill that in. Um, the relationship with the parents was so good. Like I felt that shit mm-hmm. in my bones, like the pressure and expectations of the parents. And like, I, I resonated a lot with Nasser who is like the quote unquote, like, good kid like the one who's doing what the parents want him to do yeah the golden child and like how he's wrestling with that pressure whereas fang feels it in a completely different way like uh, uh, like all that stuff was really good and and just like chill conversations with your friends on the roof of the school all feeling very real and mundane i don't know for sure you feel like you actually know these kids and what they're going through and then it really depicts things that are part of you know, obviously I'm not a teenager in high school anymore, but I have very young cousins and I've seen how kids communicate these days. And like the way Fang will sit on their cell phone texting all night, totally blank faced yes. while sending like la- cry laughing emojis and stuff was just feels so, so real. real. Like that's how we interact now. We just yeah. no emotion on our face, but it's all going into the text. Yeah. And there's like a fake Twitter in the game where Mm-hmm. The other kids are constantly like tweeting and there's a part in the game where they find out the asteroid is coming and it like Fang starts doom scrolling. And the way they present that is just all these tweets popping up on the screen that you're like kind of scrolling through. So, yeah. So simulating things like doom scrolling mm. and text culture. And mm. I, I don't know. That is just really cool to yeah. see that all reflected. I think I think co-op nailed all of that stuff really yeah, well. Totally. Yes. Um, and I think too, like. I was remembering something you said earlier about like before we started recording around how like, you know, the fact that even though I, I, I maybe think of it a couple minutes ago when you were talking about how like even though this is a game about like anthropomorphic dinosaur teenagers mm-hmm. in like a world so far removed from our own, um, like it still feels very grounded and human. Um, and you brought up the um, the parallel to like a lot of mediums that we enjoy telling very human stories don't necessarily mean that the characters themselves have to be human. Like I I think this game has received some flack for being um, like, I've seen people call it derogatorily like the quote unquote furry game, which first I have like first point of, um, you know, argument is like, first of all, they're not furries, they're scalies. If we're going to be like specific (laughs) about what we're labeling. Um, And also like this idea that, like, because they're furries or scalies or animals of some kind, that that somehow detracts from the emotional impact of the story. Like, first of all, I'm a 100% like furry supporter slash closeted furry myself. So I'm not even going to get into like, like, you're not going to have me here arguing that there's anything wrong with furries, period. But yeah. second of all, like, I want you to talk because you brought up the thing around how like a lot of movies we enjoy. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like, if this is a furry game, quote unquote, like them, I, I don't see any difference between this using anthropomorphized animals to tell a story than something like Zootopia. Yeah. Like, there is a very specific narrative reason that they chose to present these characters as dinosaurs. First of all, not that there has to be. Mm-hmm. You can make your characters whatever the fuck you want them to be. <laughs> it's fine. People stop judging. It's so st- I think the whole fucking negative backlash that this game has gotten is so bizarre to me. Yeah. It's like, if it's not for you, then don't fucking play it. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. I don't want to 
belabor this because it's so fucking negative and awful, but mm-hmm. that like the developers have been harassed. Like they mm-hmm. had to shut down their discord. There was a fake version of this game made by people who were attacking it, who made this like horrible, horrible version that was like full of bigotry and hateful shit. Mm-hmm. And there's at, portions of the internet that are just, just exist to drop puke emojis and be like awful about this game. Mm-hmm. And that fucking sucks because yeah. guess what? You don't have to fucking play it. Yeah. You don't have to play it. And it doesn't hurt anyone that it exists. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. Fine. But also you're judging something that you haven't even played based on this idea that it's somehow inherently sexual, that they are dinosaurs. Yeah. And it's just stupid. Like it is. You don't people aren't saying that about fucking Zootopia. Yeah. Like a Disney movie that uses animals to tell a specific story about microaggressions. Like mm-hmm. they're using the dinosaurs because of the asteroid and because of the impending doom that these teenagers feel and drawing a very clear and I think powerful like metaphor, allegory, whatever fuck have you to what we are actually living in right now, what young people are coming up with, having the fucking specter of climate change and climate apocalypse hanging over their fucking heads. Mm-hmm you know, coming up in the pandemic and just seeing what our fucking society is right now and what they have to be, you know, go into as adults, yeah. this mess that we're all leaving them with. It's I genius. feel like it captures that. It's, yeah, it's really fucking smart it's and so good. good. Yeah. Like, and for someone to just be like, that furries, like, I'm just like, yeah. fuck you, fuck you so hard. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, you suck. Ugh. Anyway. No, I, I know. I'm still floored by... Ah, like it's just such a great premise, like to deal with the, you know, issues seems like such a dull way of saying it, but the issues (laughs) of today with the framework of like as far back as we can imagine, like the time Mm -hmm. of the dinosaurs and, and like the, the sort of tragic romance there of like what their lives must have looked like as this rock was hurtling towards them. Like it's such a great premise. So everyone can shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Let (laughs) us enjoy our game. Anyway, what if they're hot, they can also be hot. Okay. Yeah, okay. They're hot. All right. We're all, you don't have to be weird about it just because you looked at it and you thought it was hot. Now you're grossed out. We're all feeling it. Okay. (laughs) Just, it's fine. Don't worry about it. They're hot. Uh, Okay. Um, I guess we should. I feel like we talked uh, a, a bit about the mechanics of Stray Gods. Uh-huh. Should we talk? Want to talk a bit about the mechanics of Goodbye Volcano High? Besides, yeah, yeah. the hot dinosaurs. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for getting me back on track. I was getting flustered. No, it's, it's warranted. <laughs> Just thinking about the hot dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, so the gameplay mechanics of Goodbye... For some reason, I want to keep saying Goodbye Volcano Ohio. (laughs) The name of the game. Always got Ohio on the brain. (laughs) Yeah, I just do. You know, I'm from there and it just... (laughs) I just live with it. Um, yeah. No, uh, Goodbye Volcano High is, for the most part, like, uh, what I would say is like a more straightforward visual novel mm. game, except that it's not, it's fully animated, which oh, yeah. I was, it's I was so gorgeous. impressed with, right? Like, it is, I think it looks really good. Um, you know, there it's clearly made by a small team. There were little bits of, I don't know, jankiness, for lack of a better word, kind of here and there, where something would cut to black abruptly mm. or, or, uh, it's fully voice acted too, so maybe a piece of dialogue would suddenly get cut off. But like 
Stray Gods, which has all of the talent caliber that we already suggested mm. behind that. Honestly, the jankiness of Stray Gods, I found more disruptive to the storytelling than the jank- any of the jankiness mm-hmm. in Goodbye Volcano High. And we didn't really touch on this yet, but like Stray Gods has things like images don't see you could probably speak to this better but it has graphical fidelity issues yeah it has audio leveling issues where two characters will be in a scene together and one of them their speech volume is like they're whispering and the other Mm. one is like they're just yelling Mm. and there's no like just weird stuff like that or even line by line a character will be like and it's like what why is this like this um yeah so both games have a certain degree of jankiness game development's hard i'm not gonna sit here and even try to pontificate about why these things have happened outside of like game development's hard and i fully respect that that about games is that they're all a (laughs) bit unfinished and yeah like things will just happen and that's like okay regardless of how advanced your how how about how advanced your team is, how big your budget is. Like there's still going to be bugs and shit. And so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just all that to say though, like the fact that, um, this primarily visual novel game of goodbye volcano high was fully animated was a, a nice surprise. Yeah. Like, having a fully animated game, having a fully voice acted game, like those things are not easy like mm-hmm. to do. They re- they introduce a lot of challenges. And so props to co-op for doing all of that. And I think it really adds to the game. There was an aspect of it that I felt like I was watching a cool anime show, but I was getting to weigh in on how the main character Fang was responding in situations. And so th- that is the main way that you're engaging with the game. But they kind of take it a step further than I think a lot of games like this would do. Narrative uh adventure games like this would do where they make the um the dialogue choices they kind of i don't know how to describe this but they they integrate like more emotion and i don't know just like fun gameplay stuff into the way you choose dialogue so so here's a a few examples because i'm rambling now at this point (laughs) like one thing that they do is um that when you're making a choice in a situation where like sometimes you'll be given like kind of just two choices and one of them is maybe like a kind of a shittier way to be and the other one is the way you might idealistically want to be but that idealistic one is a little bit hard like that would be a much harder choice to make as a teenager like Mm. an early example in the game is like Nasser your brother is clearly like stressed out about something and you have the choice to ignore him he's like it's just like ignore him he's just being weird or check in on what's going on and like to make the decision where you're actually like a good sibling and like check in on how Nasser is doing (laughs) you have to both like move the you know you make the decisions by uh, using the joystick to move the cursor over the thing and then pressing X in most, most cases. But when you move the joystick over, it like brings up this prompt where you have to actually hold down the trigger buttons too. And that with the PS5 controller, the trigger buttons, they have the haptic feedback. So it actually resists you ah. pressing down on it. So it's like even harder and you have to hold it for a while to actually yeah. make the choice. And this, it kind of like shakes a little bit. And it's like, ah, cause it's like harder for you to do yeah. emotionally to make that choice. Versus if you just ignore him, it's just the normal, you just slide it over and press X. 
Um, so that's, that's cool. one example. There's situations where it might be like a, an intense and emotional moment. And maybe one of your choices is like perfectly calm and normal. And the other one has like flames around it because mm-hmm. you're, you're pissed off and that's going to be a pissed off reaction. They use flames. They use things like squiggly lines to denote like if you're kind of uncertain about something. Um, they have sometimes the text will have kind of like this like sharp edged like parallelogram around it when it's something that's kind of going to come off mean or hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite thing that they do is they'll be, you know, you'll have your choices and then there'll be a text option where the text is really small inside the box. And it's always when it's something that's like you feel, but you're afraid to give voice to it's stuff yeah. like, like insecurities. Usually it's like, Oh, she doesn't want to be friends with me anymore. And mm-hmm. like a lot of times what you're choosing is not exactly like verbatim what Fang is going to say, but it's the emote. You're kind of picking the emotion that's going to come behind the words or how controlled you're going to be with, with how Fang responds. And I, yeah, I thought all of that shit was super cool. Oh, there was one more thing they do where like, there's moments where you get scared um, and the first uh, like option might be uh, like, oh, my God, like all caps, like having like, an, you know, that's so I'm so scared. And But then if you don't pick it right away, it'll change to something yes, else yeah. to kind of indicate how you might have like an immediate reaction to something, but then quickly like roll yourself back because yeah. I'm not going to admit to everyone that I was scared. Totally. Um, or, or you'll try to pick something and then it'll like turn to static and fizz out and come back as something different. Because again, it's kind of simulating this idea of like, you have an immediate thought in the moment, an immediate reaction, but you're not actually going to, you wouldn't actually mm-hmm. say that, you know, you won't actually admit that you're scared or that you feel vulnerable to your friends because you know, you're 17 years old and you're not yeah, going to actually say that. Badass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I thought all that shit was super cool um, and really made the dialogue choices more engaging the, yeah. like than just picking it how I wanted Fang to respond. And there were times where I wanted to say the thing that was harder, but I was just like, you know what? That doesn't in this moment, like Fang's not going to resist that. Like they're just yeah. going to say the easier thing. Yeah. And so sometimes it actually influenced what I was picking. Uh, yeah. What, how did you feel about all that? Yeah, no, that's so real. Like it, it kind of made me feel less like I was Fang and more like Fang was their own person. Mm, and I yes. was almost like their conscience, like mm. kind of trying to nudge them in a direction, yes. but they had their own desires and I could yeah. choose to try to help them push through to be a bigger person or to let their own ego or insecurities or whatever anger or whatever or past trauma uh, drive the situation and Mm -hmm. it it was a really cool dynamic for a narrative game where you're typically in the role of putting yourself in the shoes of the character it's like no this character has their own motivations Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um and then the game also has sections where it's a rhythm game and I thought those were like really well done. <laughs> First of all, yeah, you're listening to the beautiful music. Yeah. Um, the background of the scenes where you're doing the rhythm game mechanics will kind of almost be like a music video. It's like doing different shots of like you playing the song and like cutting to other people in the room and then like cutting to like some lighting or something. Yeah. It's like very 
very fucking like chilling. Montage cool. scene. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's right. There's scenes are that's kind of hard to pay attention to what's going on when you're actually Bro. doing the, the rhythm mechanic. Yeah. That's maybe my only complaint about yeah. those. But the the way the rhythm game plays out, I thought was pretty fun and cool. And it, it like was challenging, but not overly hard. Um it oh, has you move the joystick. Why'd you say oh god? Speak for yourself. <laughs> Oh, no. I was also crying because I'm trash at rhythm games. <laughs> like, oh god. Anyway, go on though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not that good either. But uh, yeah, so you, uh, it, it puts, it gives you like a similar little interface that you see when you have dialogue decisions at the bottom of the screen, and then there'll be the like, like these sliding, like glowing dots that move across the screen, and you just have to move the joystick so that it's facing the direction that the dots are coming from. Okay, straightforward enough. And then the dots might change, and they have different rhythm patterns, and then it'll start adding things like press X, but the X button appears on the screen, and there's like this circle that shrinks, and you want to click X right when it gets to like be around the circle that's around the X. Um, um, so that's, you know, it's a rhythm thing, but, you know, just pressing buttons and that it might be any of the four face buttons, the X square triangle O on the PlayStation controller. But, you know, whatever, what mm. have you, whatever controller you're playing with. Um, and then there'll be things where you have to, like, push both joysticks down at the same time. And I think that was it, right? Those were the three different ways mm-hmm. it was having you input stuff. But then it'll start as it gets more complicated. It starts having you kind of mix and match. So you're holding the joystick in one direction and then yeah. pressing X, <laughs> O, triangle, O, and then done, like hit both the joysticks at the same time. And I don't know. I thought I thought it was fun. Good. There are definitely glad. moments that it was challenging. I'm sorry that you struggled more with it. <laughs> I think it's also to the largesse if that's a word of the uh steam deck <laughs> a like it's a very oh, yeah. big and yeah. heavy co- handheld console and when it was that like would change things you need to have this joystick up here this one down here and then also get ready because you're gonna have to click both uh rear triggers at the same time i was like ah! <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and um so, you know, I, I was never uh, I, I was never very good at Guitar Hero or Parappa the Rapper um, or any other like rhythm based games like I, I like them. And I but I think for me, I'm someone who has to practice the level over and over again, whereas in this game. I don't even think you have an option to like try it again if you don't do as well as you would have liked in in the song. Um, and so I got very anxious at first, like, oh, my God, because I totally uh, did terrible at this song at band practice. Is my band going to hate me now? Like if I ruin my narrative prospects, it sounds like maybe not so much, um, but it was a little frustrating for me at moments that I couldn't go back and do it again. Um, so. That's just me. But it didn't seem to actually like, I think Jamie allayed my fears that it doesn't seem as though your performance in a particular song actually changes much of the narrative. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, again, I I never felt like I did super bad on any of them. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know I'm not trying to be a braggart, Um, you know, stay humble. But yeah, I don't think I ever like she's just a natural musical (laughs) talent. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. There were a few times that I, I had messed a few things up and then afterwards characters would kind of comment like, oh, you kind of messed up that section there. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it's like, but that's OK. 
you know, I don't know. It didn't seem like it actually changed the narrative, but I really don't know for sure. Uh, I like I said, I've only had that just came out this past week, so I've only had time to do one playthrough of it. And and also the unfortunately on PlayStation, the trophies seem to be a little messed up. They mm. weren't um, they weren't like counting the trophies as I played through the game. So I'm probably going to wait a little bit and come back to it. Hopefully after they've had a chance to patch that because I do care about the trophies and yeah. would like to have those. Um yeah. You know, you talked a little bit about uh, kind of I, I thought it was an astute point uh, <laughs> about how straight gods like is like capital LGBTQ, but maybe not very queer, like yeah. generally. So what did you think about the depiction of of queerness in uh, Goodbye Volcano High? Because this is a game that has um, like it has gay characters. It has bisexual characters. It has a non-binary person as the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a uh, trans guy as one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah. It's, I think it just felt a lot more like by us for us. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think straight gods, I mean, I'm sure that there were queer people on the team making stray gods too. And it also felt a bit more like <laughs> a, a maybe a more mainstream palatable version of mm-hmm. of queerness. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I don't feel like Goodbye Volcano High. I think it's a story for everyone, but mm-hmm. it's not making any apologies or or mitigating itself in any way to be palatable to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just something I appreciate. Um, and again, yeah. like I'm not trying to discredit the contributions of any queer or, yeah. and or trans people who are working on stray gods. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with with the depiction of the um, gay and lesbian characters in stray gods. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, I, you know, I felt more like I was able to kind of project my own experiences and backgrounds potentially of characters like onto them whereas in goodbye volcano high i felt like a lot more seen i guess or a lot more Mm -hmm. celebrated uh for the aspects of myself that i think sometimes people might feel scared of admitting or scared of seeing depicted in a way that isn't also shrouded in some kind of like hardship or violence. Like it was just uh, kind of a nice breath of fresh air without making such a huge deal of of itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, that definitely makes sense. And, you know, I said a version of this earlier, but like, I feel like I know the people that exist in Goodbye Volcano High. Yeah. Like, like there are characters that uh, remind me of people in my life, people I work with, friends, my, you know, my friend group. It, it, it feels again, much more. And, and I was about, to, I was sitting here thinking as you were talking, I was like, oh, I wonder if some of that is the age difference. And then I remember that Grace is supposed to be like 21. And yeah. I was like, Grace does not feel as young as she is yeah. in Stray Gods. Like, they yeah. say that these characters, Grace and her friend Freddie, are in their early 20s, but they <laughs> do not feel like they are in no. their early 20s at all. No. They might be dealing with things that are common for people in their 20s to deal with in the sense of, like, feeling directionless and having this life in a band. But again, it kind of comes back to like, they don't feel like real people Mm -hmm. and they definitely feel like they read as older Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. by a good margin. Like the idea that Grace is maybe only a few years older than the characters that we're engaging with in Goodbye Volcano High is 
a little bit laughable. Like yeah, it those, is. those characters are clearly like written and created by people who are probably older. Yes. And further ahead in their life yes. and not, not trying to as closely simulate that age experience. Yes. And I wonder if some of that plays into the depiction of LGBTQ-ness as well. Yeah. Like the characters in straight gods feel a lot tropier and campier. Mm, and again, mm-hmm. I think the fact that this comes from um, like a more <laughs> musical theater kind of zone, like it, it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. Like I, like I get where it's coming from. But yeah, I think uh, the characters in Goodbye Volcano High, by contrast, come across just a bit more human and grounded and real and... um. So yeah, like it's not even necessarily like a, a negative when I'm speaking to. It's just like yeah, very yeah. different mediums and styles in contrast with one another. Yeah, um, which is so funny yeah. that they have such these two games that have so much commonality, but also wildly different executions. It's just very fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they both both came out in August. Yeah, <laughs> we're just living, and and now I think I feel like we're almost teeing up. I don't know. We haven't talked about this yet, but in so like, there's a very good chance our next episode could be talking about Baldur's Gate and Starfield, right? In a in a similar way as kind of these two huge RPGs that have just come out, and here we are on a much smaller side of the scale talking about these two yeah. much much like quote unquote smaller, um, you know, visual novel esque games, narrative adventure games. That's cool. Video games are fun. Yeah. Um, uh. So the story gods live up to its promise as a role playing musical. You know what? I I think so. Like I think the fact that it's a relatively short game, it's under 10 hours. Um, but like we have so much to talk about with it and um so many uh new ways of like thinking of like I even I even think the fact that we're like, oh, like how cool would it be if if musical theater had this kind of choose your own adventure aspect to mm-hmm. it? Or like think of all of the work, the massive effort that went into even orchestrating this thing that has so many variations of how a song could go. Like I do think it's an achievement, even if it isn't like the most mind-blowing game I've ever played, or or even if I was underwhelmed by certain aspects of it, I think it would be unrealistic for me to expect it to deliver a hundred and ten percent on every angle um like i i do think that it achieved what it set out to do which was to tell an emotionally compelling story and try to introduce um more people to a form of storytelling that i think many consider very niche like i think a lot of people would maybe proudly be like oh like i don't like broadway like i don't like musicals um and so if this kind of game maybe opens someone's mind a bit to like oh actually musicals can be fun actually musicals can be very like emotionally uh exciting and fulfilling like i was still invested in in the outcome of the story even if i wasn't like 100 percent bought into every single mechanic of how it was put together um so yeah, I'm I'm glad I played it. I'm glad that uh this group of people came together to produce it. Um I I'll pause there. <laughs> Do you think that Stray Gods lived up to its promise? Um not I don't think fully. I don't okay. think fully. Yeah. I agree with you. There's a ton of work that went into this, which I think is really impressive. But for me, I still think <clears throat> excuse me. 
For me, it's an issue. It, it is a bit of an issue that the songs and the logic of what's being discussed within the scenes doesn't quite work if you are making choices that aren't locked into a specific characteristic. Mm. And then when you start mixing and matching, I, the songs don't always hold up as much. They feel it feels weird, weirder than a typical musical even does. Where yeah, that's can, true. get you know, I think I think it was a tall order. Yes. I think it would be really cool to see them try this again, but yes. I don't know if they will. <laughs> I don't mm. know if they will, given how much work it was. But I think it would be cool to see them try it again, because for me, what doesn't hold up is the role playing. Like, mm. mm-hmm. I did not really feel like mm. I was role playing. And, and this, like, distinction of these three characteristics and that being, like, who, Grace, like... I don't know if any of that really bore out the way that you kind of choose a characteristic and then it locks you in for the dialogue decisions, but not for the songs. I I just thought it was a little bit muddy and I did not really feel like I was truly playing a role. Yeah. But I like this idea of let's of a video game musical, like on its face. I think the amount of work that went in and what they accomplished is still super, super impressive and maybe even dropping the role-playing idea and letting it be more like a, just a narrative adventure game where you, your key decision points are happening within and like removing this, this role stuff from it might, yeah. might hit differently. And, and, and I might be more like, okay, that worked, but yeah, what didn't quite work for me was the role-playing idea because I don't, th- I don't feel like you're truly role-playing if you're, if it works best if you just stay in one lane yes like yeah that's that's kind of if you're being losing the promise yeah Yeah. if you're being nudged to like just stay in one lane and only make one type of decision yeah then i mean i guess you are playing that role but uh, i don't know yeah i don't know i guess i would prefer if it felt a little more open Mm -hmm. in terms of the variety of decisions i could make and that it would still make sense if i was making varied decisions because i'm playing the role of grace versus playing the role of one of these characteristics that i pre-selected yeah that's kind of how i I feel about it because when you pre-select the characteristic and then it works best if you just keep choosing that characteristic then i no longer feel like i'm engaging with the prompts i'm being offered like this is an option i could have selected at the beginning and just watched the whole thing play out yeah with that chosen you know what i mean yeah so for sure that's where it falls a little bit short for me um But I do think people should check this game out. I think it. I think it's a very, very impressive what they managed to accomplish. I think the voice acting is fantastic. I think the songs are mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. and it's fun to hear like these voice actors get to stretch their wings a little bit and yeah. sing. And um, I really, really loved Rahul Kohli. I'm not gonna like. Well, I guess you can find who he plays. He plays Asteria in the Minotaur, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Rahul Kohli is great anyway. And I thought he was just so fun as. Asterian. Um, but yeah, there's some really fun stuff. Pan was another standout yeah, for me. Totally. Uh, Carrie Payton as Pan was really, really good. Loved, yeah. loved his characteristic. And uh, Medusa, mm. who's played by uh, Anjali Bamani, really good. Yeah. Really good. Um, yeah, for sure. So there's some great performances in here. I think if you like Greek mythology, like check it out. I think you'll have a fun time with the game. But yeah. Um, goodbye, Volcano High. If yeah. you're only going to play one of these two games, that is probably my recommendation. Uh, and I think we didn't really talk about the songwriting in Goodbye Volcano High. But I think that's another aspect that I feel like they do really well. I mean, 
they're not trying to make a musical game or mm-hmm. anything like they're not trying to do anything like what Stray Gods is trying to do. But they do still have elements where you get to write lyrics for the songs that Fang is writing. Mm-hmm. And the way they represent that of giving you kind of like a few different stanzas and then you click into each one and it has like three or four different lines that you can choose from. And when you pick one, it will play it with Fang singing it, um, singing the line. So you'll get to hear kind of what that sounds like. Mm -hmm. And then you pick a different one and you'll get to hear that. And you choose between the two uh, options. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, It was cool how that broke out like the two different stanzas and but then that's just like the first line of the stanza so it gives you like a few options for each one you pick the beginning of each stanza and then when you hear the final song you hear that all coming back to you and it's like a fully fleshed out verse now with that being like the first line of the stanza and that's what you actually hear when you're like performing the full songs you'll hear the songs that were written yeah like the music doesn't actually change but the lyrics do and like maybe the main topic of the song changes a bit and i thought that was a cool way to do it and it'll still flowed really well you didn't mm-hmm. have some of this um uh, like feeling like things are going up and down and up and down a little bit yes. that you got sometimes with um with stray gods but it is a little less ambitious maybe mm. in terms of what it's trying to accomplish but anyway yeah it's like you are it's like you're creating the song together with the character and you're able to leave your mark on it um but yes maybe maybe not as creating as radically different directions as, as in straight gods. But I think in within what they're trying to achieve in this game, it allowed for some creative control without feeling like you were stepping too far away from who that character was. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Final thoughts on goodbye volcano high. Then I think we yeah, recommend like, it. Do we feel like it lived up to the hype? Yes. Yeah, I do. I've been waiting. I mean, we've been waiting hype. for like over a year. We've been excited about this well, yeah, game. In 2020, I think I said that they announced it. Yeah, so three years. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's 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 great. It's a very special game. Um, I, I'm loving playing it. I always want more from the studio, and I just, yeah, it's a great little treat and breath of fresh air and, and balm for these times. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. All right. Uh, Time is up for today's session of pixel therapy. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope that listening to our thoughts and feelings gave you some thoughts and feelings of your own. If you want more pixel therapy, come check us out at patreon.com slash pixel therapy pod, where you can snag that monthly bonus episode for just $2 a month. Of course, if you're not up for contributing monetarily, but you enjoyed this episode, you can always, show your support for free by rating and reviewing us on apple podcasts and following us on social media at pixel therapy pod and come find us on youtube now too where you can watch our lovely faces having this conversation (laughs) Uh, just uh, look up pixel therapy pod on youtube Um, all that stuff though is just as important and we appreciate it just as much Um, so just keep supporting us however you feel inclined and we will be grateful forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can keep up with all of this fun stuff and more by visiting our website at pixeltherapypod.com. Finally, since we like to put our money and our energy where our mouth is, we end every episode with a recommended side quest. Um, I, since um, co-op is based in Montreal, I believe um, I wanted to find like a cool um, musical based um organization to support from that area and so um grimalkin 
Records. I hope I'm pronouncing that the right way. Um, they provide queer, trans, um, BIPOC, disabled, and neurodiverse artists support and access towards living authentic, healthy, and fulfilling lives through partnerships and connections with other individuals, collectives, organizations, and nonprofits. Um, they are transforming the music industry, um, in their words, our world, and documented history with artist-centered structures of support through education, mentoring, and production services provided through their ever-growing international network. Um, so, of course, as a nonprofit volunteer-run uh, mutual aid organization, Grimalkin Records uh, relies on community support to do the work that they do. Um, so you can learn more about all their programming um, and ways to support them financially and non-financially um, at GrimalkinRecords.com. Um, we will drop that, uh, of course, in our show notes. Um, and in the, I think there's, we can update the uh, live stream video mm -hmm. uh, description uh, with that link as well for you all, um, but that's Grimalkin Records located in Montreal. Thank you for that side quest, Spencer. That is our show for today. So go forth, run a story mission, level up some stats, and don't forget to hug an NPC every now and then. We'll be back soon with some more Pixel, Pixel Therapy. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>